The following program is proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. Being a HSC student can be stressful. It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop for one second. Breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR. Friendships in your adolescence are amongst the most influential and dynamic that you have in your life. Each year of adolescence brings its own challenges, whether due to internal changes or external pressures to change. And so, friendships differ from year to year, and will often drag the impressionable and naive crowd to dark and dangerous places. Forming friendships is a skill in its own league that, in most cases, refines as we age, meaning it is hoped that our final friends in school are the friends that are most suitable for us. But who are these suitable friends? Some of us looked, in our formative years, for the shiniest toys, and in young adolescence, for the largest crowd to dissolve into. But how long into adolescence does it take you to identify a meaningful friendship? Where is your identity reflected in the people that you associate with? Are you proud to be identified with them? When you speak, do you connect with them in the goals you share, in the values and priorities you've established, in the morals by which you live, in the manners and habits that you practice? If you sense a great deal of dissonance with them in these core things, then it does not matter how many superficial or materialistic matters and attitudes you share. Such a relationship can have detrimental consequences. You may start losing yourself in someone else's misguided values, your identity clouded, your individuality slowly fading into a distant memory. And so, the aim of this episode is to offer a wake-up call to anyone who needs it, to HSC students, or even those who are not. Our first speaker, an HSC student, reflected on their time in high school and how their concept of the ideal friend shifted along the way. Today I'm joined by Mona. Mona, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Alhamdulillah. And uh, Mona, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe some of the things that you're studying or some of your hobbies. Um, the things I'm studying at the moment are chemistry, bio, 
standard math, standard English and PE. And my hobbies are more like sport, I guess. Okay, so you seem to have a real knack for health. Are you planning on getting into the health field when you grow up? So I'm planning to be a health coach and go into network marketing and hopefully build upon that. Oh, that's good. So you have a pretty clear picture of what you want to be. Yeah. Do you find that your peers might have a role in that in in some way or another? Are you friends with a lot of like-minded people? Um, To be honest, not really. (laughs) Like they're open-minded people, but um, they don't think the same way that I do. So it's a bit different. So I'm more on a different path than they are. Okay, that's all right. Do you find that in some way or another, even if it's not necessarily the pathway that you're going in, um, do you find that you have a lot of similarities with your peers? Um, yeah, in a way, yeah, I do. Like, it could be, like, personality-wise or, like, um, hobbies as well. So we'll dive into the first question, and I want this episode to focus on the importance of peers and how your friends, your classmates, and the people around you influence how you go through your HSC. So did your idea of a good peer or a good friend or a good crowd change between school years? So maybe between 7 to 10 or even between year 10 and senior years? Honestly, it's actually changed so much, not only um, by looking at like what I thought was good and what was bad, but also mindset-wise. So maybe throughout my junior years through 7 and 10, my mindset was honestly a lot different than it is now. So that kind of would have changed the type of friends that I'm around. During my junior years, I was around the popular kids and I thought that in a way would bring me up like in the school hierarchy as they call it um, and I thought that you know if I was one of the popular kids then everyone would love me and so on but honestly that wasn't really the case um, if anything I did get bullied a lot because of it a lot of expectations I had to make sure that you know I look like them act like them like I wasn't being myself and it was very tiring mentally, like it was extremely draining. And at the same time, um, because I'm what they call, let's say, an empath, I was taken advantage of a lot during those times. Um, and then, yeah, and then I just thought about it. I'm like, that's not right. I can't keep on going. And then that's what led me to change my friend or my group. Were you always in touch with this empathetic side of yours? Did you always know that about yourself? Or is it something that you discovered later on? It's something I honestly discovered recently. Like, and I started learning more about it and how to control it, like, in a way, and how to not let people take advantage of me. Interesting. And um, I do want to ask, because you did mention that you kind of have a pretty clear picture of what you want to be. So did you always have this picture or did it come to you maybe closer to your HSC? I've always wanted to um, <clears throat> be a part of the health industry. But I never knew exactly what I wanted to do. It changed from um, being wanting to be a personal trainer and dietitian. And then slowly as HSC started to come up, um, my whole view of what I wanted to do changed. So you always knew that you wanted to get into the health industry. Is there anyone specifically in your circle that influenced that desire for you? Um, yeah, actually, it was mainly my dad and my stepdad because they're both a part of the health industry. They were both dietitian, nutritionists, personal training. So that did um, have a big influence and impact on me. So you would say that your social circle and the people that surround you heavily impact where you go in life, especially in your career? Yeah, 100%. Do you find that a lot of people in your life are influenced by their peers, whether it's socially or professionally? Yeah, of course, because I was honestly um, influenced a lot during my junior years, also throughout 11 and 12. 
depending on the influence that you're surrounded with, let's say, for instance, a bad influence, then you are most likely to become a part of that group. If it's a good influence, then you're going to be like them as well. And it's also dependent on your mindset, what type of mindset you also have. If you have a strong mindset where you don't allow all those negative thoughts um, to intervene with your daily life and daily activities, then you're going to be able to get through it and then you won't let that impact you. But like within some people, they don't have that much of a strong mindset and they don't know how to deal with it. So they honestly just go with the flow. That's a good point. And I think I also want to emphasize the point of you don't always know how strong your mindset is and how much someone can actually get through the mindset that you think is strong and will actually crumble around some people. It happens where sometimes someone can manipulate you or change the way that you think or behave or make you go against your values without you even realising. It honestly happens a lot, especially in the high school. Like, you don't even notice it happening. You get manipulated a lot and it's really hard to notice and to see that, like, your family, they'll notice it, they'll try to change you, but in your mind, they'll be like, no, I'm not like that. They're just over-exaggerating. And, like, that's what you'd think. But then later on, slowly, as you grow older, as your mindset changes completely, you start to notice. You'll go back and you'll be like, oh, I've done this wrong. I've got to fix it. How am I going to fix myself up? How am I going to get my life together? So, it honestly, it all, it all comes with experience and it all comes with um, your mindset growth. And so with all of this in mind, do you find that you're putting a lot of distance between you and the people that maybe don't go in line with your goals as you grow older? Uh, yeah, what I've basically done, which most of my friends and my family know, is I've drawn a line to where all the negative thoughts stop, where all the negative feedback stop. And I try not to let that get to me. If I'm finding people that are going to get in the way of that, get in the way of my goal, are going to come and put me down, then I'll just block it off. I just will keep my distance. I know that if I'm going to stay close, let's say, for instance, I have a friend that's saying, oh, you can't do this, you'll never get there. I know that if I was to be with that person constantly, that's going to put me down and I'm never going to get to where I want to be. I'm never going to reach that goal. Do you find that this idea of cutting off all these negative people, all these negative influences in your life, was it hard for you? It was actually very hard because I'd had to cut off a lot of close friends. But at the end of the day, I know that it's worth it. And I know that if I really want to get to where I want to, or if I really want to get to that goal, I'm going to have to push hard. I have to cut off people that I need to. And then when I get there, then I guess it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... And, yeah. you know, and it's hard, you know, first you... You start by setting the boundary. You don't initially just no, cut anyone no, no, no. You don't just say, "Oh no, I don't want you in my life." No, you put that boundary. You just kind of like give them a warning, and you just keep on going. If it's like a constant thing that they're gonna consistently just keep on bringing you down, then that's where you're just gonna have to be like, "I can't do it. I have to put myself first, and I'm gonna have to come first. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, it is hard. Like you said, it is hard. Yeah. It's always hard to cut off people that were once close to you and were once actually good influences in your life that kind of turned bitter. Um, but what's even harder is to undo the damage that they did if you did leave them in your life and they drag you down and away from your goals. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right, 100%. So you do have some experience, as you've already mentioned, with some pretty negative influences in your life, some negative peers. What are some signs and signals in your experience that tell you to keep your distance from that person? The one thing that I look for is behaviour, whether if it's uh, public or private. When I say behaviour-wise, as in how they act towards you, if they have your back or not, if you're with them or if you're not with them, that's the main thing I look for. 
And also, if you were to tell them about your dreams or your goals, are they actually going to support it? Or are they going to be one of those fake friends where they pretend to support it, but then at the same time, they're trying to put you down or like push you away from the idea and give you all the negative things that come with it, not the positive? It's true. A lot of people will mention, you know, it's too difficult or based on what you're already achieving, it just doesn't seem like you'll reach that goal. A lot of people will use that kind of negative terminology explicitly and some people would even do it implicitly where they would just be bitter over your successes yeah you know like sometimes you might get a higher grade than someone and you don't usually and they might throw that in your face saying a lot of very hurtful things yeah and the funny thing is it usually comes from the really close friends rather than friends that you're not really as close with like the closest ones your best friends they're the ones that will most likely turn their back on you and um that won't support your ideas and they won't be there throughout the whole entire journey. Most of them would probably just leave you halfway. In a way, it's kind of just jealousy where they'll give you all that negative thoughts or like they'll think, oh, this person's smart, they're going to get there, I can't let them get there. And then they'll just leave you halfway. Then once you get there, once you reach your goal, that's when they'll come running back. And that's how you know, oh, this person I shouldn't be around. Yeah, so some people can just be pretty much just a toxic person in themselves. But... It can also just be that a person is a bit self-destructive and in general they're just not a good influence. Someone might be lazy, for example, where your whole idea is to be more driven, where this person's lifestyle directly clashes with your goals. Did you ever experience something like that? Yes, but no. But I have heard stories where friends would hear that their friends are, you know, as you said, more motivated, more driven towards their goals. But because that other person's not really that motivated, they're lazy, they don't really want to do much, just sit on the couch, watch TV. They don't really have a goal to get anywhere in their life. They'll have that jealousy in them and they kind of want to push them back down with them and keep them there. So it's kind of like their comfort and they want to feel that if I'm not going to go anywhere, I don't want that person to go anywhere. So that's why you have to be really extremely careful when it comes to choosing friends and that environment that you're in. Absolutely. And, you know, I think what also comes with that is just people that are pessimistic and they just absolutely don't want to do anything because they think, well, I'm not going to amount to anything even if I do get this achievement. Yeah, that's a very um, negative mindset. Honestly, I used to have that mindset where I'd be like, I'm never going to get anywhere. Even if I was to do that small thing, I'm never going to get anywhere. It's something small that's not going to really get me to where I want to be. But when I had that shift of mindset where I noticed that 1% every day could change anything and everything every day, make it a new day for you to get better. Think of yesterday as the past and think of today as the present and today as a way for you to get better in life and to do something new even if it's just as simple let's say for example you don't fix your bed every morning you fixing your bed every morning is just one step towards that goal of yours absolutely and you know honestly I find that when you do change your mindset from being pessimistic to just being more realistic or even optimistic at times it helps you to attract the right people it makes you more magnetic to people because people don't want to be around a negative person that's always going to drag down their own achievements and then project it onto other people as well. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've heard of the quote, you are what you attract. 
So if you're going to be a positive person and focus on all these positive things, that's what you're going to attract in life. You're going to attract all the good things in life, all the positive aspects. You're going to get to where you want to be. But if you're going to have that um, constant negative mindset where you're always thinking about the bad things and the worst that could happen in every single situation, that's all you're going to see in life. That's all that you're going to really um, attract. Everything that happens, even if it's a small good thing, you're going to think of it in a negative way and you're going to start overthinking every single situation. Do you want to tell me some of the things that you personally look for in the friends that you surround yourself with? And have they been easy to find? Um, I mainly look for, as we've been talking about, mindset. Um, how their mindset is like, if it's similar to mine, if it's not exactly the same, because at the end of the day, no one really has the same mindset as you. But like, I look for similarities. I don't like to be around friends that are constantly going to have all those negative um, thoughts and they're going to throw negative things at me. And friends that are lazy, unmotivated, friends that don't want to study, they don't want to reach their goals. Those friends I try to stay away from because I know that's going to impact me. I have found friends that have the same mindset as me. And if I'm being honest, it took me like four or five years, probably my whole high school years, trying to find those friends. And I finally found them. Um, it's not easy, especially nowadays. Um, in this generation, it's very hard to find people like around my age that I have the same mindset and that are positive and that are trying to get somewhere in life and reach their goals. That is very true. And um, so talking more about your current cohort, do you find that there's a lot of positive energy in your cohort? Um, do you find that they're a positive influence, especially in the realm of assisting each other through the HSC? Um, within my cohort, honestly, they're not as positive. They're very um, negative towards each other. Uh, there are some groups where they are positive, but it's mainly like a very negative environment. It does have a very big impact on the whole cohort. And it does bring us down a lot because let's say if we have a group of girls that are negative, they don't want to study, that brings everyone else down. And they have that thinking where if they're not going to study, I'm not going to study. And that does demotivate everyone. And there's some girls that are very positive or like some classes where it's like a very positive environment. They're willing to help each other. They're willing to help each other reach their goal, or get that mark or try and pass an exam. And I'm a part of a class like that, which is mainly my chemistry class, a very positive environment. Um, we're always helping each other constantly, trying to help each other get to, to that mark to pass an exam. If any of us need help, we don't really like make fun of them. We don't laugh at them. We're always there by each other's side trying to help out. Amazing. And you see a difference between the people that uh, are in a class where the energy is very negative versus where there's a class where everyone is very positive and uplifting. You find even a difference, academically speaking, in their marks, don't you? Yeah, it's, you honestly feel the big difference. Like, you can honestly feel it. When you walk into the room, you you feel that positive energy or you feel that negative energy. And when you feel that positive energy, it makes you feel excited to learn and to actually want to do well and be productive in that lesson. However, if it's the opposite, you just want to bludger or just, like, wing it. You have the I don't care mindset, basically. Very true. Why do you think that negativity is so widespread in so many HSC groups? Um, I feel like it's to do with environment family-wise because nowadays a lot of kids um, have a lot of family problems where they are involved um, in them or like where they have to be the mother or they have to be the father of the family and they have to provide. So that does bring a lot of negativity and then they basically lash out at everyone else. And this, this one is a very typical thing, but phones 
is a really big thing because social media, you have TikTok, you have Instagram, you have Snapchat. That is the biggest distraction. That is what changes the mindset of the kids. Um, if you're, let's say, if you're to go on TikTok and then you have all these people doing on educational things, then you're going to be influenced by that. You're not going to be willing or wanting to learn. They try to find the easy way out through social media. A lot of people use it to procrastinate um, through their studies. Um, it's a big distraction. It distracts um, children from consistency and discipline. And that's the main thing to getting to where you want to be. Consistency and discipline is honestly the number one thing. It's really hard to maintain. It's really hard to get um, to get the hang of. But it's extremely, extremely important for your lifestyle and for your health, like physically and mentally. A lot of the times you're exposed to a lot of negative things on the internet. And that's one thing. And it's another thing with all the... Constant, constantly being stimulated by your phone. That's a whole other topic. And maybe we can discover that in, in later series. But um, what you're saying about, you know, discipline, consistency, absolutely. I find that a lot of students, they have this phone addiction, even to the point where they want to be on their phones at school. They can't take the eight hours of school without their phones. Yeah. And also one thing that I'm constantly reminded of if you're not strong in the subject or if you do not understand something that's happening in a subject, if you learn to love it, if you learn to um, get the hang of it, once you're able to do that and change what you're not inclined towards, then you learn to find the loopholes of how to love it. You know, I find that there's a difference when I talk to, for example, the generation above me, my uncles and my aunties, they will constantly mention to me that they enjoy seeing a problem, meaning they actually love to live their life dealing with problems because they love to find the solution. And the more complex it is, the better. Um, I have my stepdad. He also says the exact same thing. He finds joy in problems and solving them. He likes to think of it as in a positive um, aspect where if he finds a problem, he wants to solve it. Like, for instance, he's got this speaker, which is honestly very hard to take apart. And it doesn't work at all. I'm like, just throw it out. There's no use of it. He comes up to me. He goes, why don't you learn how to take it apart? And we can solve it and figure it out how to fix it together. <laughs> <laughs> and I was honestly so confused. I just looked at him like, you're bringing me problems. I'm trying to solve my own. I can't even do that. And honestly, I did take it apart. Um, it was fun. I saw the joy of it. That's when I understood where he says, I find the joy in solving problems. If you look at it in a positive way and if you look at it in a fun way as you're learning something new, then that's where it will all change. And that's where, just like what you mentioned, I find the joy in solving problems and problem solving. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like what your stepdad was trying to teach you is that you can focus on the satisfaction of an achievement when you see a problem instead of focusing on how overwhelming this problem is, the fact that you have it as a problem. Yeah, and if you have that mindset, it honestly changes how you look at life, how you see things. And if a problem was to come your way or an obstacle or something was to happen, then you would know how to deal with it quicker, faster, and you're less likely to be mentally drained. Excellent. So it does seem like you have a lot of great influences in your life and... Um Thank you so much for sharing so much about it. And just as a final word, what do you have to say to the HSC cohorts to come? Uh, to keep going, to keep pushing yourself. If you really want that goal, if you really want what you want and you really want that dream to be a reality, keep working towards it. And no matter the obstacles that come your way or the challenges, you will overcome it. If you want it enough, you'll get there. Okay, thank you so much, Muna. Thank you. 
lot of us hope to make enduring friendships in high school, planning our future together, dreaming up traditions we would make together, and hoping to reminisce about the highs and lows we went through together as we aged. However, as our palates refine, our pathways diverge, and the seasons change, we may find ourselves drifting from old friends towards new ones. As we outgrow many things by adulthood, we also outgrow many people. Or people may outgrow us. The constants, the ones that remain, are those who from the beginning were well aligned with your goals and moral code. Even though you may spend less time together than you used to in school, you still find yourself compelled to see them, care for them, and watch them flourish. And they would feel the same about you. Here to share their experience is an HSC graduate, so let us see how an enduring friendship is formed and which types of bonds are bound to break. So today we're joined by Abdullah. Abdullah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, barakallahu feek. So tell me a little bit about yourself, what you're studying, your career, and maybe a hobby that's relevant. Currently, I'm studying in the University of Technology, um, Electrical Engineering. And alhamdulillah, يعني, I'm almost finished now. And maybe one of my hobbies, I like to go walking. I also like to game here and there when I can. I don't have as much time now because of university for that. Maybe um, with the siblings uh, I hang around with them. Currently, um, I'm doing teacher's aid. I've been doing that from last year. Previously, before that, I was working in the airport. Um, as a passenger service agent and I guess that helped me with my communication with people and you know you're seeing different types of people out there from different countries and different backgrounds and different ages subhanallah and so that was kind of helpful for when I started doing teacher's aid because I could get along with the students easily alhamdulillah and so yeah up until now that's that's currently what I'm doing. Alhamdulillah. I find that the more that you're exposed to different kinds of people, the better of an idea that you have for the kind of people you want to be surrounded by. So do you find that even through your journey of teaching, um, your different careers, and even just finishing school, did you find that your idea of what a good peer is changed over time? And how vastly did it change, if so? When I was in school too, when I started to go to uni and work, I feel like, yes, my idea of the people that I would hang around with and those people I was friends with, that perspective, that way of thinking changed. I used to feel like in school, you know, we weren't exposed to the outside world yet. We were like, okay, you know, the friends there, you got to work with what you have, as one might say. And, you know, if they're good people, then they're good. And if they're not as good, they're not as good. But alhamdulillah, in my cohort, it was a decent range of boys and girls that they were good people. There were some times when I might, you know, have problems. And so, subhanAllah, I felt like, okay, after school finished and I was in university, first of all, I lost a lot of contact with many of them. If anything, right now, I only see the ones that I regularly see at lessons. You know, that's only about three boys from a cohort that started with about 14. The other time, for example, when I was in Lakemba, I saw my friend, but I hadn't seen him after graduating for about three years. And then I saw him and he looks the same as, you know, the Zhao, where he was working and the people he was mixing with, I found he was different. You don't have the same goals anymore or you don't have the same aspirations anymore. You know, originally I think he wanted to do something else, but he eventually went for that path and 
Subhanallah, like I said, same person and I love him as my Muslim brother, but no different. You find it's different. So yes, because even if I'm in university, even though I'm there and I'm interacting with, again, different people, you know, you still have that core, which is like the community and the lessons. Alhamdulillah, that really helped and it still helps. Did I answer the question? Yeah, you did. You actually also answered my next question, which was about um, putting distance between yourself and people that don't necessarily align with your goals. And I want to ask, was that something you actively did or did you find that as you realized your goals um, and what mattered most to you and what you wanted to get out of your life, did you find that those people kind of faded out of your life or did you actively push them away? I think it's a bit of both because um, in school, I'll be honest, like obviously I did mention at the start that I'm studying electrical engineering and that is what I'm studying. And originally when I was in school, I wanted to study nursing. I'm not afraid to say it, yeah. It's, it's just to show the people out there that if you have a goal, you go for that goal. And, um, you know, regardless of what it is, as long as it's not haram. And that's what I wanted to do, nursing. And I spoke to my family about it. And long story short, it was, why don't you do this, you know, engineering? And I, I don't mind it, let us say. Again, my choice of what I'm studying, not only that, but who I surround myself with now, I find that those old friends that I used to have in school where I felt very close to some of them, I felt like it was intentionally me distancing myself because I didn't have the same goal as them. And one of them, for example, I don't really see much of him at all. This person was studying with me in UTS, in University of Technology, Sydney, the same degree, engineering, um, for about one year. And then he decided to change um, into another course, and that was like IT. And then after that, he wanted to change again. And now I'm not sure what he's studying. He was my friend and he was my close friend. Now, not that I dislike him, I, I still like the guy, but I don't really interact with him much because his goals are different. I think he's went overseas now or he's went to another state. I'm not sure where he's went. That in itself, you know, the different uh, goals. He had a different goal in the end. For example, I have another friend. Um, he started teaching and now he's graduated from there and he's working where I'm doing teacher's aid. And even though I hardly interact with him, I see him at school and I still find that it's like the same as it was from the school days. For me, the long-term goal is to finish engineering and then to teach. That's what I want to do. When I was offered teacher's aid position and I tried it out, I enjoyed it. And so that kind of shifted my original goal of, you know, studying and finishing engineering to doing teaching. And so when I found that my goal was that, I found a lot of those people that I used to interact with, whether it was because we were studying the same degree or just because of schooling, I found that I didn't really force them out. It's just like they kind of did fade out. Like I didn't really interact with them much. It's like, okay, this person's in the same university as me currently. I might speak to them here and there and I might see them at the uni. When it comes to the peers and the friends that you make now, what's something that, first of all, that you look out for that tells you that you want to avoid this type of person? For me, like a big thing is regarding like how I choose my friends and who I choose to interact with would be one big thing is humility. Sometimes I find some people, they don't mean to be, you might say, outspoken in that way, but I just don't feel like I can connect with this person when I speak to them. It's like, I like you or you're my friend, but I wouldn't choose to sit with you and speak with you in a deep topic. Is this like the type of person that's a bit set in their ways and they're not very open-minded when it comes to discussions? Yeah, so 
open-mindedness. Um, I don't mind if the person is open, you know, when we're discussing a topic, you know, like I'm talking to them about um, something, you know, but like restriction, like, you, you know, obviously we have our opinions and we communicate with each other like, oh, I agree with you here or you don't agree. But we don't go into the part where, like, this person wants to override the other person. Instead of that person saying, no, I mean, this is my opinion, it's more like, you're wrong, and this is the actual answer. No, this is what it is. And then they try to put in some soft commentary, like, oh, you know, no, but I understand maybe you're just a bit annoyed. You know, maybe some people that assume as well, some of those types of people as well. I wouldn't say lazy people. No, I can communicate with people that are them to be my friends based off if they have drive and also that big point of humility if someone's humble i can find that i can communicate with them on a one-on-one basis not on a like i have to try to prove my point to this person no we share our thoughts and we come to a conclusion and no one no one feels annoyed or unappreciated or degraded that's yeah so it's just the main thing for everything for that question is i like to surround myself with people who are humble so on the other end If they're not, that's like one big thing already. Mm. Even if they're a good person in other people's eyes, I don't think they're a bad person. But again, I'll see them, I'll greet them, I'll talk to them. But it probably doesn't go much further than that, like with those types of things. And also maybe one other thing can be um, people who are honest, just in general, that honesty and also seriousness. Personally, me, myself, I'm not a serious person. I joke around a lot. But like you said, when it comes to like the person needing to make a decision, I feel like, as they say, it might complement my personality as well. Like I, I do sometimes joke around, but when it's serious time, it's serious time. I guess it depends on the person. Like all the friends I have, they're serious and they they can be you know joking. And maybe instead of having it as a negative, it's like if it's balanced, someone that's balanced. If you're going to be closed the whole time and be withdrawn, it's going to be a bit difficult. So you mentioned a few things that you look for in a, in a friend. Have they been easy to find? Or do you find that the more that you grow and the more your taste refines in people, you struggle to find someone suitable for you? I, I don't really find that I would struggle because I like to open the conversation. But then that would be with people that I see more so often. In university, I struggle to... Uh, make friends in that manner because people they're different they're just different ways of growing up and so I just find myself going okay this is the work do it and go home I don't even like oh come and have some sushi with us or I wouldn't say I'm not the type of person to not interact and let's go and have some food or something but I think it's the type of people as well like I said so obviously you're influenced by your friends either positively or negatively that's a known thing I mean, a lot of the times when you interact with a person and um, you find out who their friends are, that usually has an effect on the way that you view them. And it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing, because these people are a representation of you. So how do you find that your friends influenced you? Well, in my high school years, I think it was a very negative influence that I had from those people. And so that kind of had not a good effect on me. Um, I found that the way I am now as uh, internally is different to how I was then because of those people. Some of those people that I was negatively influenced by in school days, um, now I don't know anything about them and no one from my f- other friends knows anything about their current situation. It's like the ones that 
positively influenced me in school. I know about all of them and I still see all of them. And if anything, we help each other build. Now, those ones that negatively influenced me, it, it was it was not too good. I found that um, the things that I didn't want to do, I might do them just because of the influence of these people that I thought were my friends, just because I thought that I wanted to fit into this environment that they were putting up. Yep. They didn't just negatively affect me, but others. So this even affected my goals at one point. You know, after HSC, when I finished, and, you know, there's that time period with we interacting with them maybe for a little bit. After that, um, I cut some of those people off. Not just I cut them off, but they cut themselves off as well. I found that the friends I began to open up to in school helped me become how I am now. These people, whether they're my age or whatever age they are, my friends now that I have currently, although small in amount, I find that they have positively influenced me because we help each other. You know, they might remind you, okay, this is your goal. You know, when you're feeling down, they'll be like, no, remember, this is what you said you want to do. Didn't you say you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, you know, they push you. So obviously you're going to mix with a lot of people in your life and these people, not everyone is going to align with you. Not everyone is going to even be a good influence on you. But bad influences aside or negative personalities aside, did you find that in your cohort there was a lot of camaraderie? Did you find that they worked together? There was a good atmosphere? Uh, tell me about it. Tell me about your experience. Because, you know, sometimes one of the things that helps someone get through HSC, which is a really tough time for a lot of people, is the people that they get to know along the way. I'm going to be honest about this. Um, first of all, um, no, I didn't find there was a lot of teamwork. There was actually almost no teamwork. It was actually, in a way, multiple small groups of people with their own set goals. From a group of 14 boys, I didn't feel close to any of them, like very close, like this is my friend, like I'm always with. Because it's like there's a group of four here, there's a group of four here, and there's a group of, I don't know, small groups. People had different aspirations and goals. And yes, this did affect my lifestyle or of studying for the HSC. No, I didn't find I studied much in HSC at all. I think it's a big deal when the cohort doesn't know how to work together, when it's not a cohesive cohort. You find that obviously there are going to be people that struggle and they're alone in their struggle. And you rely on everyone doing a little bit so that you can help each other out. And even when you talk about uh, the ATAR and scaling and all of that, you see that, in fact, you do influence everyone else in your class. So if you're not able to work together, if you're not able to recognise the weak one in your class and help to lift them up, then you're just going to endanger yourself and everyone else. I agree. And so we didn't really have much teamwork. Everyone had their own goals as well. And it wasn't just schooling that everyone was thinking about. It was other things. The boys wanted to go out and do things in the times of HSC, like hang around and not study. And this kind of influenced others. So, I think a lot of teachers see a difference between cohorts when they find that there's a, a strong determination between all of the classmates to excel in a certain subject. You can even find it in, not necessarily in the whole cohort, but even just between subjects. When you go to one classroom versus another classroom, the culture is completely different. The atmosphere, everyone's uh, perseverance, their abilities, their 
interest in the subject is completely different. So when they're passionate, when they're all passionate about doing well, it changes everyone's attitude towards the subject. It changes everyone's outcome as well. Everyone has a more positive outcome. And the opposite of that is true as well. When you find that there's one person poisoning everyone else's heart, when you find that one person is demotivating the rest of the crowd, everyone suffers. It's very true. In conclusion, I would say that there was pretty much not not a lot of teamwork amongst us and that kind of led to our downfall in the end because when the graduates for 2018 were released, there were, it was not the best of marks for everyone because at the end, that mindset that some people had, I want to do this and that and take it easy, had a negative effect on us. It's not like the coming cohorts which are actually coming up with some really good, mashallah, really good marks. And so I think that this would be uh, something that can help others to understand. You need to work with your friends. There are people in your class, and you've got to work together to get that high mark. And, you know, and mm-hmm. as you mentioned with scaling, if, you, if you're going to jeopardise someone else because you want to sleep in the exam because you don't care about your mark, it's going to bring someone else down. Yeah. So we did recognise that the environment of the cohort, the attitude of the cohort as a whole, is a huge influence on every individual in that cohort. So what advice can you offer, just as a final closing statement, what advice can you offer to the coming cohorts in regards to connecting with their peers and surrounding themselves with the right people? Um, I guess my advice could be that, honestly, the first thing is to be honest with each other. You need to, like, be honest. You know, if someone wants to take up a subject just because, oh, it's a high scaler and they don't even study in that subject and they don't even do anything in that subject, they just want to ride on the coattails of the high achievers, it's just going to affect the high achievers and then it's going to wreck it for everyone. Mm. That's the first thing. Like, if be honest with yourself. Can you do, example, um... Uh, biology can you do biology or are you not able to if you can't and you're able to drop it then do so so you can help because at the end of the day everyone is is working together to achieve a good mark now there are some people that still are going to say oh, i don't really care hello i got early offer some people talk about early offers and that kind of affects their mindset it's like oh okay i already got early offer for conditional for engineering all i have to do is get a good mark in math so they try in math and they don't try any other subjects it's true and early offers come cl- so close to the end that really you end up sabotaging the friendships that you made along the way and you don't end up being friends with those people because you kind of you put them in a very bad position and the problem with that is that some people think yeah i'm probably never going to see them again and then you end up seeing them again whether <laughs> it's in university or it's with in the community or with friends because these people like the the reality is that you've been friends with these people some of them for like 13 years okay and maybe you might say i'm never going to see him again that's it i'll just do last minute sabotage and leave it's it's not a good uh, image for you and plus not only that but some of these people that do that and they say i got the early offer i found that a lot of them at least in my experience they don't even pursue that thing they were going towards yeah so it's like it's fine what goal you have maybe you're indecisive you jumped from thing to thing that's fine if you're indecisive but if you're not confident that that's what you want because some people just want oh, the look of early offer. It looks nice and I can tell everyone, mm-hmm. oh, look, I'm going to become this and that. Like, Think ahead to what you want to do. If you want to do a certain thing, work towards it. Maybe in 10 years when you're working, you're not going to be thinking about ATA. So some people say, I'm not thinking about ATA anyway, it's just one time. But it might affect other people and even their families because, uh, you know, obviously our families expect good from us. And mm-hmm. when you have to go home to open up the ATAR thing and 
type it in to expect a nice mark and you get a low mark and you're like, how did I get that? Even though I did good last minute, everyone doesn't want to try. And then now you jeopardized someone's opportunity that they were trying to get towards. And it's not just about engineering or something. Some people want to get a certain mark that they require for that degree. And they did good. Maybe they got 98, but that degree requires 91. So you just wrecked the whole thing for them. Mm. Now they have to try to find some other pathway to get into that because of your laziness or your tidiness. So at the end of the day, my advice is you got to be honest. Be honest with your peers because they have families and they want to work. That's all I can really say about No, that. that was great advice, honestly. And I think you touched on something that we haven't really spoken about, which is, yes, although the ATAR is just a figure that you you probably look at maybe once or twice and it doesn't really affect you, you know, much later in life, but it's the principle of it. Mm. It's about are you jeopardising these people because of your low character, despite the fact that you may never see these people again? It shows your lack of development, even after everything that you've been through as a person and with your cohort. So thank you so much. That was really good advice. And no uh, thank you so much. No problem. Barakullah Fiki. Amin Wafiq. Being a HSC student can be stressful. It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop for one second. Breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR.